We are so honored that you would take the time out of your week to listen to this week's message. We pray that you find it helpful and life-giving. If you would like more information on Hope Church, you can check us out at www.hopedelmarva.com. That's D-E-L-M-A-R-V-A.com. Thanks for listening. Amen. Hey, you can have a seat. Listen, I hope you were able to make it last week. If you didn't, man, you missed out. By the way, my name is Emma Adams. I'm the lead pastor here at Hope Church, and I'm so excited to be a part of what God is doing through this ministry because God is moving, y'all. God is moving. Um, I just want to share with you that our kids are getting Jesus on their level, and I just want even though she might not hear it, she might be listening to the podcast. And for the sake of Liz, who only ever gets to hear the experience through a podcast, for now, for now, I just want to hear, I want her to hear how much we appreciate her. Would you just help me and give a big clap and a big shout for Liz and Eric Lynch? Woo! We appreciate their ministry to our kids every single week. It takes somebody very special to lead that. She's gifted in administrative skills and she does so much, but we need more workers. And I'm so excited uh, to be having the opportunity today through Growth Track. You'll hear me talk about this, but there's an opportunity for you to partner today. Uh, Growth Track will be just after the experience. So that's a bit of my housekeeping that I'm going to get out of the way this morning. But if you were here last week, you got to encounter somebody named Dr. Dwight Nash. And he was incredible. Um, I don't know if you received a lot from that word, but I did. Um, And listen, we're on mission here at Hope Church to bring hope to Delmarva. That is our whole goal. That's what we live for. That's what we breathe for. Like that's our mission. and, And we're just so excited to do this. Why? Because now more than ever, people need hope. I'm encountering stories week after week of people who are encountering Jesus right here at this church and are seeing transformation in their lives, in, in, in every part of their life, right? Like their mental health, their physical health, their spiritual health especially, even their financial situations are being changed through the power of the Holy Spirit and the work that we're doing here. So I would encourage you today to go to Growth Track. Um, If you haven't signed up, that's okay. We'll make it work. You just come. We have food. Does that help you? Food. Free food. That's even better, right? Free food is where it's at. Last week, Dwight talked about how we need to hear his voice. We need to open our lives and we need to provide for needs and then we need to express our faith. Remember, it was hope. Hope. That was his acronym. You know, us good preachers, we like to use a couple of acronyms now and again, a couple of word games for you, help you to remember things. Listen, we've all seen films where people journey to like some high mountain in Tibet, right? And, and they climb all these stairs and they find this one singular person sitting who has like a long beard and is like half naked and really weird, right? And, and they climb up to them and they ask this question, what on earth am I here for? What is the meaning of life, right? What is the meaning of life? Have you guys seen this? Like, I think Ace Ventura had a scene like that and I don't recommend that movie. I'm not, that's not an endorsement, 
but we've all had seen this thing. And, and usually what happens next is this mystical person gives this mystical answer that sounds more like a fortune cookie than actual like real wisdom, right? Like seek worth or something like that. I mean, we've all gotten pretty bad fortune cookies that sound uh, way better than that. And uh, it's not something that usually that they say that's worthy of devotion or worthy of a lifelong pursuit, right? It's just something kind of cheesy. Well, this morning I want to help you answer the question, what on earth am I here for? What on earth am I here for? Why do I exist? This is the question of existence. Um, Because if you've asked that question, I have some really exciting news for you this morning. I I just shared this week with um, one of our teammates who is um, like in this this phase of life where she's asking questions. and, And I said to her something that I read a long time ago. And I said, you know what? God is not a cosmic Easter bunny who's hiding his will for you in eggs, hoping that you find it someday. It's not like that with him. God is open and eager and willing to show you his will. It's not crazy or mystical. You don't have to go to a mountain to find it. It can be encountered right here this morning. It's it's amazing, and it is more thrilling than you can actually imagine. The answer to that question is more thrilling than I could convey, really, because when I discovered the, the answer to that question, my life was radically changed. When I was able to answer for myself, this is what I'm here for. Everything shifted for me. I was no longer plagued with the questions of what am I supposed to do with my life? Or what am I here for? What is my existence? What's my purpose? What's my mission? When I was able to set aside those questions, I can tell you that my life has been fire ever since. That does not mean that my kids still don't get sick and things go run together and life gets crazy. But the adventure that I have the privilege of being on now is ridiculously fun. And this is what we're going to talk about this morning. We're going to talk about what it means to be on one mission. Now listen, I love movies. I'm like such a movie nut. Um, And I oftentimes get a little depressed because I think I've seen every movie under the sun. Anybody, you're flipping through Disney Plus and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm sure I've seen this a hundred times. Encanto, 5,000 times because of my kids. We don't talk about Bruno because I'm sick of it in my house, right? In every Disney movie ever we've seen. But this week I had the privilege of tying in this message to one of my favorite movies, and I made my family watch it Saturday morning. How many of you remember The Goonies? Come on, right? With Chunk and Mouth and the whole gang and Data, and, and they're, they're just a crazy bunch of kids. Do you guys remember the storyline? Goonies never die. Goonies never die. That's right. And Goonies are getting ready to lose the house, man. Like the one friend's house where everybody goes to to hang out, like when your kids, anybody had, remember that house? Like there was one house in the neighborhood that had like the good snacks and like had actual real soda like stored in a fridge in the garage, right? And their mom like kind of was loosey-goosey and let you guys do kind of whatevs. And so that was the house. Well, in the Goonies movie, they're going to lose their house because the country club has come in and is buying the town. And so the Goonies are like, man, we could save the town. The mission is critical. 
our party house is going away, but we are going to save the day. I love it. Along the way, they discover the pirate ship of One-Eyed Willie. Y'all, you remember that part of it? And they run away from a band of murdering mobsters. You guys remember Ma? She's kind of scary. I think I turn into her when my kids misbehave. I'm like, Arr! you know, right? And, and, and finally, they, they firmly established friendships, and they even welcome in Sloth. Do you guys remember Sloth? They even welcome in Sloth. Hey, you guys, right? Who is the mobster, who is the person the mobster family doesn't even want? Sad, really. But the point is that the love of their neighbor actually compels them toward mission. The love of their neighbor and wanting to keep their neighbor propels them toward this crazy mission and they're willing to go through all this craziness just to get their house uh, to stay and save them from destruction. The amazing thing about the Christian faith is we provide a holistic worldview. Holistic. That means every part of your worldview can be shaped by our faith and it takes on a fullness that encompasses every area of life. And the Bible provides all we need to know about how the world came to be and our place in it. The Old Testament, which is like the left side of the Bible, y'all know what I'm saying, like the book Bible, or if you're in the Bible app, it's like the first part, right? And then if you keep scrolling, it's, okay, you get into the New Testament, right? And the Old Testament explains the beginning and the problem that we face with sin and our need for redemption because we're separated from God who is holy and is good. So that's the Old Testament. And then the New Testament covers the historical truth that Jesus is God come down to show us the Father and redeem us from our sins so that we can connect with God through faith in Jesus Christ. So the life of Christ is recorded in the New Testament. And it spells out for us what a new life means. I mean, Christ showed us how to live a real good life. And here's the good news in a nutshell. We can, by faith in Christ, have a relationship with God and repair our relationship and get invited to join Jesus through the Holy Spirit to show other people the way to be with the Father forever. So when somebody is dying, or somebody's getting ready to leave, their last words are really important, right? We all lean in a little closer. Uh, my great aunt, or my aunt, who I love, Aunt Lois, was an amazing generous woman. And she had a brain cancer that eventually would take her life. And it was a really hard time for me. I was just beginning in ministry and um, they called us to come to Baltimore and see her. And I'll never forget, we each got to spend time with Aunt Lois and we knew the hour was getting near. And so I spent a lot of time reading psalms to her. I would just read the book of Psalms and let her rest. But finally, it was time for me to say goodbye. And can I tell you, I leaned in real close. 
to hear what her last words were going to be to me. And can I tell you, they were powerful and wonderful. So much so that I actually got them tattooed on my arm. <laughs> you know what she said? Love you. Love you. Four words, love you. And to emphasize it, love you again. Love you. Love you. The words that people speak to us in the final moments of their life are powerful. And Jesus was no different. And in the book of Matthew, we find that Jesus is leaving the disciples. He has died and been buried, but didn't stay there. The stone was rolled away and he was risen, given a glorious body. And it began to, for 40 days, have ministry to his disciples and followers. And so it comes time for him to depart so he can send the Holy Spirit. And this is what he says to the disciples gathered there on the mountain. It says, then the 11 disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So the first portion of this passage, we see that they were going to Galilee. And it says where Jesus told them to go. Do you remember we talked about Ruth? If you weren't here, go back and listen to the podcast or you don't catch that message. We talked about Ruth and we talked about her faithful obedience to do all that God was telling her to do in those moments. Well, here we see the disciples going where Jesus told them to go. And, and this might be simple and you might be like, well, duh. But oh my gosh, isn't it sometimes the simplest directions that we trip up on? Right? Sometimes we miss it because we get lost in the big picture. But getting in on the adventure of being on one mission with God starts with obedience. It starts with obedience. If you ever feel stuck following Jesus, if you're ever like, I don't know what to do and I don't know where to go and I don't know what he wants from me, I would encourage you to do one thing. Ask yourself this question. What was the last thing he told me to do? Go back to the last thing he told you to do and be faithful with that. Because we can get ahead of ourselves, can't we? We can be like, oh, oh, no, I need to run this direction for Jesus, and I need to do this for Jesus, and I want to go here for Jesus. And you might start trying these things and realize that Jesus is in none of them because you were never faithful and obedient with the first thing he told you. And oftentimes, can we be honest, the first thing he tells us is to repent of our sins. Can we just get real here? He says repent. That means stop sinning, take a complete turnaround, and go the opposite direction of the way you were going. Right? So, man, if you're having a hard time 
stepping into the next that God has for you or you're, you're finding yourself feeling lost, search your heart. Figure out in your spirit, what, what am I missing? Is there something in my life? Is there a sin that's a habitual sin in my life that is causing me to be separated from God? And then here's a novel idea. Stop it. Stop it. Quit. Now you're going to say to me, boo, it's not that easy. Yes, I know. I like cake too. <laughs> right? And running sucks. But you've got to stop eating the cake and start running. I'm preaching to myself right now. Y'all okay? And it's probably bigger than that for you. And there's probably more deep things that need to be worked out. But what did God tell you to do last? Stop it. Go do that thing or stop that thing. The reason they were to go to Galilee was they were going to receive Jesus' final words face to face. Remember, final words are important. In verse 17, it says, When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Now listen, it's likely that the 11 were there for sure, right? But it's also likely that there were about 500 more people trailing behind the 11 leaders. Because the Bible tells us very clearly that 500 other people witnessed the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I'm sorry, but if you see somebody who was dead, dead, walking around with a new glorified body, I'm going to be following them. Because I'm like, what you going to do next, bro? That's crazy. You were dead with the hair on your side, bleeding. And now you're all like, oh. I'm following that, right? I want to know what's happening. So it's likely there were more people there. And here's the truth of the matter. The doubt might have been related to their vantage point. Maybe they couldn't see the resurrected body really well. Maybe they're like, I don't know. Maybe, did he really die? Was it really? I don't know. Like, and there's some shifting. And listen, I think it's important, though, to read that it says, and some doubted. Some doubted. The first thing I want you to know is that we can overcome our doubt. Doubted was in the past tense for them. And it can be in the past tense for you. But I want you to first understand that Jesus absolutely can handle your doubts. And Hope Church is a safe place. And Hope Groups are safe places where you can convey what you're struggling with with your doubts. And you're not going to get shut down or pushed aside or told that that's stupid or forced to believe. We can handle it. You know why? Because we have some doubts too. And we wrestle too. And we can wrestle well together. So how do you overcome doubts? The first thing I want you to do is to know that they're normal. Doubt is normal part of growth, right? Doubt is, is going to have to happen for you to deepen your faith. You got to question every angle so that you can know without a shadow of a doubt, right? And it's okay as long as you don't let it stop you, but push you toward finding the answers that settle your spirit. Let it push you to find spiritual answers for spiritual questions, but don't let it push you off track. Don't let it stop you because that's what the enemy of our souls would like. The other thing I would encourage you to do is talk to your group here at church, or you can talk to me about your doubts or Alfie or any one of our leadership team. Um, and then I want you to read. My God, people, we have the world of education 
like right in front of us. But the first thing that you need to read is a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, we'd be happy to give you a starter Bible. But for those of you who are serious about wrecking your doubts and finding a deeper faith, I would encourage you to go and purchase a life application study Bible. Why is that so specific? Because I have one and it's changed my life. It has real notes with real scholarly input. I stress scholarly input because not all resources are trustworthy. You cannot get your theology from TikTok, y'all. Okay? Because let's be honest, there might be a couple recipes on TikTok that are nice. There might be some outfits and a couple of moves, but they don't know about theology. Okay? Let's not form our theology based on that or uh, YouTube videos because let me just tell you, there's some stuff out there that makes my hair curl and makes me want to like lay hands in Jesus' name. Y'all know what I'm saying? Come through the screen. Um, here's another resource I want you, I want to give you this morning. And I'm literally giving you what I, what I use and what helps me. There's a resource online. It's absolutely free. It's called blueletterbible.org. Blue, the word letter, Bible.org, real simple. Blueletterbible.org, it has in its base all the Bible study tools you could ever need. It has uh, every word that is in the Bible that you can literally research all the way back through the original Greek and Hebrew. And it'll even give you like the entomology of the Greek and Hebrew words. So you can like take it all the way back. You can take the word all the way back to the beginning and look at it and wrestle with it yourself. I love it because it helps me unpack what the original authors meant and what they're saying to me now. And it's free and it's trustworthy. Why? Because it's scholarly. Everybody say scholarly. Scholarly. Why? Because people need to be vetted. Scholars are people who are peer-reviewed. You know what that means? Other people who study the subject have to look into their research and know. If I see one more article condoning sin that says it's a good resource and the person doesn't have any kind of educational background, I'm going to throw up. Like seriously, no, no, no scholarly research where peer-reviewed uh, articles are written, where um, people have to confirm what these other people are finding. But the very, very best place for you to get information is from other human beings, like face-to-face. -face. Why? Because that is the best transmission of information possible. When I can see your face and you can see my face and we can sit together and be together and learn from one another, it's the most powerful educational tool possible. If you would like to get face-to-face -face or you'd like to start wrestling with some of your doubts in a safe way, you can just email info at Hope Delmarva and we'll begin a conversation with you. If you want to schedule coffee with me, man, I'm available. It's my job. I love it. I would love to talk with you. All right, verse 18, before we get too crazy, crazy. Um, oh, this is a good one. Uh, remember, he says, all authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. Let's go somebody. All power, not part of the power, not some of the power. No, because Jesus went down and died and took back hell 
and the keys to it and said, nay, 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 no more for you, enemy. All power in heaven and on earth has been given to Jesus Christ. And listen, the basis for our disciple-making process, the, the, the fact of discipling, which we'll talk about a little bit, uh, must be the power and the authority of Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? It must be the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, we might try to use the gospel to our own advantage. If we are not led by the Spirit of God, we will turn the gospel of Jesus Christ into our behavior modification program for somebody else because we don't like the way they act. And it cannot be that. It cannot be our way of pushing our agenda. The only agenda we need to be pushing is that of the kingdom of God. I don't like it. When I see people like, well, they need to go to rehab. They need to go do this. They need to go do that because Jesus. No, what do what you, you're wanting them to do that. You're wanting them to change their behavior. You're wanting them to do what you want them to do. And I'm not saying rehab is bad. I'm not saying all those things aren't bad. But I'm saying when we try to use the gospel of Jesus Christ for anything but the kingdom of God, we have lost our way. So we must have the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us because it can also become a way to promote and glorify ourselves. Ouch. Ouch. Well, I had this many people say yes to Jesus because of me. Notch in my belt. Come on, pastors. We have to be under the authority of Christ, not under the authority of ourself or in our flesh. And we get under the authority of Christ through faithful obedience. And that is when we receive power in the spiritual realm to bring God's kingdom of justice, God's kingdom of peace, God's kingdom of love to the earth. So make no mistake, it must start in the spiritual realm. There is a real spiritual realm and there is a war. And the good news is that Jesus has all power in heaven and on earth and that is available to you when you are infilled with his Holy Spirit. John 3.3 3 says, I tell you the truth, unless you were born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. We have to be born of water and the spirit. That's what Jesus says. It's a transformative experience. If you're coming to faith in Jesus Christ, you will be transformed. There is no if, ands, or buts about it. I love watching certain partners on our teams come into faith and begin to grow in the Holy Spirit because I see Jesus working through his power over their life. I see them stepping out of fear and anxiety and into authority. I see them taking back things that the enemy tried to use against them in their life. And I'm talking like hard things, like abuse things. And I'm seeing them overcome through fellowship and through the power of the Holy Spirit and stepping into moving mountains in their lives. It's amazing. Jesus said, we must be born of water and the Spirit. The water is the baptism of repentance. We have to be born of the water 
We have to repent and we have to be baptized. The spirit portion of that is the power to live in obedience. So when we say no to sin and we die, we're buried in the water, right? That's baptism. But when we come out of the water, washed and made whole, the spirit of God comes and rests on us and we are transformed through that power. We receive power from the Holy Spirit. And all this is only ever through Christ Jesus. It is only through him that we can lead people into a relationship that draws them nearer to him. So now we're here at verse 19. And this, this is what Jesus is saying to us. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. All nations. Not just Jewish, Israeli nations, not just Palestinian, surrounding area. He said all nations right there should abolish all racism in your hearts and minds. Because Christ came for all. Regardless of their culture, regardless of their skin tone, regardless of their nationality, all. Christ is inclusive to all. But here grammar really matters. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. You see, the point of the Great Commission, this is what we call this phrase um, in Christianese, right, is to go. It's not that. Going is not the imperative. Because guys, we get caught up in going. We just covered that, right? We just want to go. Let's go. I want to go. I want to go. Right? Let's go. No, that's not the imperative of the passage. Rather, we are to disciple as we are going. The imperative is to disciple. Kenny Bricard writes this. He says, the Greek word is a verbal command, not a verb followed by a noun. In other words, the text does not say make disciples, verb noun, right? Like build a house or grill a steak. It does, uh, does not say, um, sorry, rather it says simply disciple. Disciple, right? Which is like saying run, jump. It's in reality, you can't make a disciple. You can only disciple. So in the Great Commission in Matthew, disciple is not an outcome like a product that you end up with, but rather it is a process that you are doing. It is a process. And the grammar is not telling us to make an object. There is no noun in the text at all. There is only a single imperative verb, only a command, only an action word, only something to do. And what is it? Disciple. Disciple. Discipleship should be happening. But can I just encourage you for a minute? Be careful who you are letting and what you are letting disciple you. Because to be honest, we're all being discipled by something. So what are you letting into your life? What is discipling you? Is TikTok discipling you? We covered that one. That's a no-no. Don't do that because that's not good. What are you watching on TV? What are you allowing your eyes and ears to receive? Because that's discipling you too. Ouch. 
What is discipling you? If it's not the gospel of Jesus Christ, through people vetted and ordained, if you're not growing and being led by the holy scriptures, what are you even doing though? Right? Be careful what disciples you. And the other question is, so who are you discipling? Who are you helping in their next steps? Who are you helping to grow, to know Jesus, to get involved? Who are you spending time with? It's imperative that we are disciples. We must be discipling. We must disciple others. Our church here has the sole mission is to facilitate discipleship. We're to bring hope to Delmarva, and that's what we do every Sunday morning and through our outreach events. Oh, big ups. If you're into outreach, we have the Seaford Easter egg hunt, and we can totally use your help. See Kylie after the experience. We have other outreach events that we'll be doing throughout the city, especially as the month gets warmer and COVID is gone. Pay attention to emails, guys, okay? We have things that we need your help with. So there's opportunities. But we help people start and grow their relationship with Jesus and show them how to do the same for others. That's what we do. That is what we do. Thank you, yes. 19 says, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Baptism is the outward expression of an inward change. And when we are given the grace to put our faith in Jesus Christ, we are moved to abandon sin and leave those practices that keep us bound to existing only to satisfy our own personal selfish desires. Uh, That is repentance and death to sin. And when we baptize with the water, we are declaring publicly that we are dead to sin and alive in Christ. And we renounce Satan and his rule over our lives. And when we emerge from that water, we signify that we are raised in the life and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it is a powerful, amazing experience. We get born brand new when we baptize in water. I want to share with you that I am so excited that we're going to be having baptisms here at Hope Church. If you've never had the opportunity to be baptized or you would like to be baptized afresh, it would be our great honor and privilege to do so. We'll be having baptisms on May 1st and you actually will be able to sign up for those um, today out in the lobby. It's going to be amazing, amazing, amazing. I love baptism. It's a celebration and we will make it a party. Now here is for the school. We will not be doing it in here. (laughs) Because God knows I flooded a basement of a prior church accidentally. Um, So we will actually be doing, (laughs) people who know are laughing, Um, we will actually be doing baptisms outside. Don't worry, it'll be heated. But we've are so excited. So if that's you, if you're ready to take your next step and be baptized, we are excited to do that with you. And listen, baptism is obedience. It's obedience to Christ who set an example for us when he was baptized by John the Baptist and the Holy Spirit came and rested on him as a dove and stayed. So we do this again in faithful obedience. In verse 20, he continues, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. 
Listen, discipleship is obedience to Christ. Teaching is continual and communal. We don't learn to obey apart from the body of Christ, the church. I'm going to say that again. Teaching is continual and communal. We don't learn to obey apart from the body of Christ, the church. That is why it is an imperative as a Christian that you do not even cannot live in isolation. You cannot live in isolation. You cannot live in isolation because when you're isolated, you are cut off from the body of Christ. And what do wolves do in flocks of sheep? They pick off the sick ones on the outskirts of the flock. Don't be that guy. Don't be that sheep. Listen, as powerful and transformative and miraculous as the word of God is, it is most active in your life when you are learning among peers, when you're discussing it and living it in communion with other people who can sharpen and help you grow in your faith. Here's what Education Corner, which is literally a secular education uh, a site said, they said, discussion or group discussion is a form of cooperative learning. It is also an active study method that can lead to greater retention of information and materials studied and higher academic achievement. This is why we have group discussions in classes at college and high school level and even elementary kids. Elementary kids read in circles. They discuss in circles, right? Why? Because educators have learned what God created and what we were best suited to learn in. Face-to-face, peer groups, it can't be disputed. So why would growing in Christ be any different? Why would you think, okay, well, I'm just not going to go to church. I'm not going to, I'm going to separate myself because, oh, they're messed up. Well, guess what, boo-boo, you mess up too. Okay, we are all messed up. And the thing is, we get to be messed up together and grow together. The Bible says, do not forsake the gathering of yourselves together as some are in the habit of doing. Don't do it because we're better together. And I need you and you need me better together. All right, listen, in my final example, I'm gonna give you this one. Even the thief on the cross had community for the 30 minutes that he was saved before he died. Even the thief on the cross had somebody sitting across from them, no pun intended, demonstrating how to die well. Isn't that crazy? Because a lot of theologians will argue, well, he wasn't baptized and he didn't go to church and he didn't have all these things. You're right because he had Jesus Christ modeling for him how to die well. And he said, hold on, baby, because today you're going to be with me in paradise. So even the thief on the cross had church. Even he had the opportunity to be in community and communion. So don't tell me. You don't need church because we need you. And listen, groups here at Hope Church are designed where you can deeply disciple and be discipled and learn how to truly obey Jesus. And this is the promise. We're supposed to teach new believers to obey everything Jesus said and did. That's what he told us to do. Baptize and help people believe. 
So like with the thief on the cross, we have to continue in community. And listen, he will continue to be with his church and people. He said, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And his presence brings peace. As I sat with my dying aunt, I can tell you that the presence of God was tangible in that space. She was a follower of Jesus and had just completed a study in the book of Psalms. And there was a peace. And Jesus was with her until the very end. And that is a promise that we get to enjoy. He said he would be with you. Don't let the enemy tell you he's not with you now. Don't let the enemy tell you that he won't be with you tomorrow because he promised he would be. So how do we act not just like nice people, but as uh, kingdom disciples in our own neighborhoods? I'm going to give you three really practical things that if you implement this week, you will have an impact in your community in the weeks and the years to come. You ready? Ready? Yes. Okay, great. It's real easy. You ready? Walk. She's like, what? Walk. I know. It's a sacrifice. God told us to pick up our cross and you can go for a walk. Okay? I want you to block off a 30-minute time period to walk your hood. Walk your hood. I don't care where your hood is. Walk your hood. Walk your neighborhood and notice who's outside and what's going on. Is it a stretch for you? Yes. But say hi to people. Oh my gosh. Hi. Hi, neighbor. Hi. Get to know the people in your community and creating a walking habit that builds relationships is a very good way to begin discipleship. Walk. Two, pray. As you walk and take that 30-minute period, listen, you're going to get healthy too. You're welcome. Like as a side, you get a sidebar of health. As you walk, pray for people who you know. Pray for your neighbors. Pray for those people around you. Live in the country? Fine. Drive in the city and walk and pray. Wherever you go, pray and perhaps as you pass by, name the people and pray for the Holy Spirit to help you see your neighborhood as a mission field because that is what it is. This is the one mission. This is the adventure that you get to go on because guys, your neighbors and your friends are going to go to hell if you don't step in and say something. Guys, this is the imperative. It's not just a kid's house like in Goonies. This is people's eternal lives and it's imperative that you encounter them and help them to encounter Jesus. But don't worry if he doesn't use you, bet he's got somebody he will use. Don't worry. It's not all on you. But wouldn't it be wonderful if it was? Wouldn't it be wonderful if you were the one who opened their hearts and opened the door for Jesus to walk through in their life? Wouldn't that be crazy cool? Wouldn't it be amazing if when you stepped into heaven, you stepped in and there was a line of people and they said, you are the one who told me about Jesus. You are the one who introduced me to a wonderful God. 
You are the one. Can you imagine what that would be like? All right, third thing. So you're going to walk, you're going to pray, and then you're going to do what Pastor Dwight said last week. You're going to eat. Yes! Amen. Jesus came eating and drinking. Jesus came eating and drinking. So with the neighbors that you've met, on your 30-minute walks, consider inviting them into your home for a meal. Create a regular habit of hospitality because it's going to allow you to build relationships that build the kingdom of God. Here's the mindset I want you to go out of these doors with this week. How can I leverage every moment to love my neighbor? How can I leverage every moment to love my coworker to the mission field that God sends me to? How can I do this? Every day that should be the cry of your heart because we are called to be hope dealers everywhere we go. You're called to be student. You are called to be a hope dealer in your school. Your high school needs you. Your peers need you. There are students who are struggling and need to know that Jesus loves them. Guys, this is the imperative. If you're here today and you haven't said yes to Jesus yet, let me just tell you that he is here. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And there's going to be an opportunity for you to say yes to Jesus. And as you pray and say yes to Jesus, you can also snap a QR code that's going to be on your screen. You can like sneaky do it. And it's not going to be weird. We're just going to send you a text and say, hey, we're so glad. If you're here and you want to recommit your life, we're going to pray too. And that's a possibility too. And the QR, screen, QR is going to pop up on the screen after we pray for you to recommit your life to Jesus. Maybe you maybe you just got off course and you just want to say, Jesus, I'm back. I'm coming back. Let's pray together. Father, today we say yes to you. We say yes, we want to know you and start a relationship with you that can transform our lives. We say yes to your will and to your way. We lay down our sin and we ask that you would give us power through your Holy Spirit to live the way you taught us. We ask this, that you would come in and change our hearts and minds so that we can be one with you. Let us be one with you. Father, there's those of us who need to recommit our lives to tell you, I'm back. Father, I ask that you would hear us as we pray at, together. God, we've walked away or gotten sidetracked. Life has a way of pushing us to the borders of uh, your church and of the sheep that you shepherd. God, the enemy has tried to pick us off. We might even have a couple of wounds but today we want to walk back to you. We want to stay under our shepherd. Jesus, we're back. Today we declare I'm back and I want to be with you again. I recommit my life to you today, Jesus. Amen. If you said I'm back today, I challenge you to snap this QR code or text I'm back to 94,000 and start stepping into 
what God has for you. Maybe your next step is baptism. Maybe you said yes to Jesus now or over the past couple months and you're ready for your next step. Baptism is it. It's going to be amazing. You can sign up for that. Maybe for you, you need to get connected with a group of people who can talk into your life and who you can speak into their life too. And you need to find a group. You can do that today. Alfie's going to give you instructions for all this in just a minute. But listen, as the, as the band leads us in a song, it's going to be such a time for us to like open our hearts. Listen, we need to be hope dealers this morning. So let's go in that power. We hope you found today's message both helpful and inspiring. Hope Church meets every Sunday at 10 a.m. in Seaford, Delaware at the Seaford Senior High School Auditorium. If you would like more information, you can find it at www.hopedelmarva.com. That's hope, D-E-L-M-A-R-V-A.com. Thanks for listening.